Welcome one, welcome all to the NFC Beast mixtape. That's right. You can listen to this show on any of SB Nation's NFC East podcast networks. That's Blogging the Boys for Dallas Cowboys, Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, Hogs Haven for Washington Commanders, or Big Blue View for the New York. Suddenly good once again at football. Giants, you can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel where you can see our bright, shining faces. He is Brandon Lee Gowden of BGNI. I'm Mario Ochoa from BTB, and collectively, Brandon, the NFC East is back. All right, like let's look. I just want to throw this out there. Everybody said the AFC West is going to be the, the big bad division mm. all this year, and no. our colleagues, our colleagues at SB Nation, copied us. They ripped us mm. off. They said, "Let's let's make our own mixtape." They made an AFC West mixtape, and since they decided to do that, AFC West in the pooper. All right, NFC East though, stock up, baby. Peter King in his weekly football morning in America column, used the term NFC beast. So I think that proves he's a listener. Thank you, Peter, for uh, you know listening. Some credit would be nice next time. You know, we came up with that. No one else knew that before. Um, you know, and if everyone's like, oh, NFC least, you know, we, we made that up too. Um, so it's nice to finally see the best division in all of sports really uh back and obviously nice to see the team on top too undefeated the eagles five and oh um i don't think we could have predicted this in our wildest imaginations this is an epic week and i know there's a lot of people looking forward to this particular episode of the nfc's mixtape which is why brandon and i come bearing good news all right this is one of actually three times that you can hear brandon and i together this week however one of two talking specifically about the nfc east one of two talking specifically about the dallas cowboys and philadelphia eagles this episode blg we're going to stick to kind of a recap of where the division is right now so a little bit of a shorter one uh because we're not previewing things and then on thursday night while the washington commanders are playing on thursday night football we are going to go live on the blog and the boys youtube channel at the very least we're trying to figure out the logistics behind that and do a live mixtape with a live not necessarily studio audience, but still a live. It had to be done. It, it had to happen because, I mean, this week is, is crazy. It's a big week for it. I mean, this is it. This is, this, isn't this the biggest game in the NFL? Like, like this season, isn't it up there? It has to be. I mean, the only one that comes close to it will take place a few hours before um, right, Bills. In, in Bills at, at Chiefs. And so, um, but this is going to be like. Who cares about that? <laughs> this is the real deal. This is going to be um, like the highest rated game in I don't even know how long. Like, this is. This is going to be intense. Um, this is so, prime time. That's the other thing, too. Like to your point about that, what's that? Is that in the? So that's that in is the, the afternoon window. So yeah, still though, but this yeah. is this is prime time. It's prime time. This is the Eagles' first Sunday night game this year. Is that correct? Yeah, they played on Monday Night Football. Right, week. right. Um, so this is Dallas's second appearance. They already played on Monday Night too. Um, so everyone's well aware. Everyone knows the stories, the Cooper Rush, all that stuff. Uh, we'll get to the previewing, like I said, on Thursday night. So everybody, you know, if you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Brandon Gotten on both at RJ Cho on both. Uh, but we'll be there live. We will podcast that as well. Um, so if you can't make it live, you can listen to it after the fact, maybe late Thursday night or early Friday morning. Um, but Brandon, um, we do say that people should subscribe to their preferred NFC East podcast network. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things are always appreciated. Do the cross review that you talk about. Go somewhere else. Leave a rating, write a review. Uh, we have a cross review to read. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is a five-star rating. It comes to us, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, from Jeremiah Eschbach. Uh, it was written just a few days ago, best month of the year, October is, and it is titled NFC East Mixtape Final Form, RJ, comma, and then like an interspace, like a letter. Nice. While at a bar in Irvine, California, 
I turned to the gentleman sitting next to me and asked if he knew who RJ was. I don't know what the like preceding conversation was. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It's just <laughs> yeah. like you're just there in a bar, it's dead silent. Hey, do you right. know who RJ is? Um, so no. Manny, this is apparently the gentleman's name. Manny responded with a yes. So since both he and I follow your podcast, your is a loose term. I said I would give him a shout out. Nice to meet you, Manny from Jer, pronounced Jerry. So it's actually written J-E-R-E. So Manny from Jerry, more so, dot, 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 BLG, may he reign forever, fly, Eagles, fly. It's very funny to me, as I said to you on Slack when you sent me this, that there's just like two people in a bar in California, let alone, uh, talking about the NFC East mixtape. I very much appreciate it. I like to say uh, that it's one thing to see download numbers or even a comment like that or page view counts and everything. And it's another thing entirely to hear about like an actual experience like that. And actually picturing that and hopefully one day getting, you know, to do an NFC East mixtape live event somehow where we actually get to interact with our listeners in person. That would be awesome. I uh, have to figure that out. But yeah, so you know what? If, if anybody humble. wants that t- tweet at SB nation and Michael, oh, come Kist. on, just, just oh, every, tweet at yes, them over. Actually, yes. Yeah. Tweet, tweet at them over and over again um how you Demand want a live a, a live nfc east give us the budget show. baby exactly that's what i'm saying uh what is kiss exact twitter handle um i don't, I don't know if you know the topic michael kissed nfl m-i-c-h-a-e-l-k-i-s-t-n-f-l and you can use all caps um and you can say whatever you want but say kissed we want a live NFC East mixtape event. Um, and, and you can say tag that us you'll... at Brandon Gouton and R- at RJ Ochoa. Right. So, okay, Brandon, uh, we're recording this. Um, full disclosure, we love to give people be- peeks behind the curtain. My son is asleep. I'm solo. I'm riding Han style in the house right now. The baby's asleep, so I don't know when this alarm's going to go off, so to speak. So we kind mm-hmm. of have to hurry. Again, let's recap week five in the NFC East. We have um, one of the coaches speaking out in some fraudulent manner, and one of the teams who's been a fraud in the NFL kind of surprising us all. Should and I mean, I guess we have to go in divisional standing, right? Even after. though we're going to do the special Cowboys Eagles episode, whatever. After. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles um, barely beat the fraud Arizona Cardinals. They kept the curse of the black helmet alive. Teams debuting their new black helmets this year, 0 and 3. Um, we both think the Cardinals stink, but it took a missed game tying field goal from them for the Philadelphia Eagles to get to 5 and 0. The take from the Cowboys side of this is I'm happy that mm-hmm. the Eagles won. So that they don't have their down, we got to get right week mm. ahead of the Cowboys game. Um, just telling you how people are feeling right now. Um, so that being said, um, twenty to seventeen, it should have been more. I feel like everybody agrees with that. It it was a weird game in that everything looked so easy early on. It had the makings of a blowout with the Eagles like moving the ball so easily on offense early. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson comes up with a pick on a really bad Kyler Murray deep throw. Um, Eagles beat the Cardinals. Ultimately, the Phillies also beat the Cardinals, by the way. I had the Phillies game on. So if you see any flashing uh, like colors on my on my face yeah, here. I'm, I'm working on getting the Astros game on, too, in the background. So yeah, like, so sorry. To a large degree. But, um, you know, I think the interesting – the way I feel about this on the whole is that I think a lot of people are going to be like, this is concerning. You know, are there, are there, you know, holes in the armor here? And I didn't really have that take. That's not to say that the Eagles played great and there are no concerns. There are, absolutely. But, like, it's also just not realistic that you're going to go in every single week and dominate. Like, the NFL is hard. The Chiefs just lost to the Colts a couple weeks ago. Like, there's going to be random games, weird things. The Texans just beat the Jags. Like, weird things happen in the NFL. So this was clearly not the Eagles' best game by any means. 
I think this is not who they are, though. I don't think this is a, like, look, I said going into the game that it was ripe for trap game conditions. It was not, I've said for a long time, Arizona is not an easy place to play, especially for the Eagles. So, like, you know, I, I did have them covering, but it was not crazy to me that they did not, like, absolutely stomp that team because uh, for all those reasons I just said. And uh, I, I'm not, like, deeply discouraged by that Eagles performance at all. I actually think people are going to overreact to it and they're going to pick the Cowboys to win. So I almost like it from you mentioned the Cowboys perspective on it. I almost like it from the Eagles perspective that mm-hmm. everyone thinks, oh, the Eagles are slipping and the Cowboys are dangerous, which to the Cowboys credit, they are good. I'm not like trying to d- dismiss that part of it, but I would be careful. I'd be cautious about like saying stock down on the Eagles in a big way just because they narrowly beat the Cardinals. Um, I think all that's really well said, and we had spoken about before here on the mixtape about how Arizona is kind of a sneaky, tough place to play. And if Kyler can get going, you never know what can happen there. But ultimately, they are these frauds. I do think, um, and I think this is objectively true, I think this was the weakest that this team looked. This was not the same Eagles team that we saw crush teams. that I, I'm a, a bit, hey, my Vikings, 4-1 and one now. Watch out. My, my two teams, the Cowboys and Vikings, are, are both standing with 4-1 and one records, probably so. Um, but like they, they looked unstoppable that night. And that's why like, it's a long season. You have to take everything under account, et cetera, et cetera. Injuries are starting to kind of just like trickle up and come for the Eagles the way that they had kind of survived early on. I know there's no like huge, massive thing hanging over them right now that the way there is say the Cowboys. Um, but, but yeah, I mean like, and and you have to win ugly. Like I think ultimately there's a a lot of credence that comes with that. Uh, good for the Eagles that they won, but I do think it's fair to like doubt is such a like harsh word so like i'm not saying it's fair to doubt the eagles and think like they're losers but i do think it's fair to wonder whether or not they're the best team in the nfl anymore um we record this on tuesdays every week where did they come down in your power rankings for me um to answer my own question they were number three i just i had to bump Hmm. buffalo and kansas city above them they they, like right now they look more unstoppable but it is obviously a weekly thing yeah, I had them too. I dropped them under the Bills, but I think it's it's still kind of close. But I dropped them under Buffalo just because of how they've been able to you know dominate teams this year. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think again, there's there's definitely some concerns in this game. You know, we always talk about. I mean, injuries are always going to be a factor, but the stacking of injuries can be really tough. And the Eagles were without Jordan Mailata. They're without Andre Dillard, so their top two left tackle options. They're also uh, Landry Dickerson was like in and out of the game, got hurt early, came back late, and then had to leave again. And then Jason Kelsey got banged up at one point. So like when you're missing like your whole left side of your offensive line, that's kind of tough, especially against a team that's blitz heavy, that one of the heaviest blitz teams in the NFL, and kind of kind of have to uh, kind of having to navigate that is what I'm trying to say. So um, not to make excuses. Um, I, I do think, again, there's valid criticisms here. It's kind of a weird game in that, like, the Eagles were trying to counter the Cardinals blitzing so much that they just kept going with screens. And it was also weird in that, like, A.J. Brown played his lowest snap count of the season, and he wasn't on the field for the first four plays of the game, RJ, because uh, I don't know why. It was the first time since twenty week 9 of 2020 that he didn't actually start a game. The Eagles and- lost the trade. That's why. Well, the Eagles were doing some hurry up there, so that was part of it. But like, he comes into the game after the hurry up like stops. He gets targeted three times in a row, two times like very easy completions, first downs. He drops like kind of a, a screen on the th- uh, the third one, and then basically doesn't get involved the rest of the game. Like, w- like why? Like that was so weird. Um, and it's like it's not good enough that like oh the Cardinals were taking him away, which like 
okay, but you're throwing screens anyway. And also, like, A.J. Brown's so good that you can't just, like, take him away entirely. Like, I don't buy that. And if even if he is somehow, if you're, like, actually double, triple teaming him, then someone else is, like, wide open because, like, there's just no way you're doing that. So that was really weird. And that's another reason why I'm not super concerned about the offense because, like, for some reason, they chose to ignore, like, their best offensive player. And I don't think they're going to continue to do that. Um, so I want to say the reason for the YouTube audience that I was particularly distracted was I had to log into the TBS app to watch the Astros. So one, mm. I don't, I don't have TBS on my channel on my, like, uh, I don't, I'm, I cut the cord team Fubo guy, not a sponsor. Um, so I had to download Ooh, the TBS app. My in-laws, um, they have uh, standard cable. So I had to get their information to log in. So it's doing all sorts of stuff, but I heard everything you said. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I did, but we well, heard it, think- but you didn't. Listen I think well, so like I think the offense will be back, but I do think like the Cowboys are getting all the defensive love, right? I do think that we're kind of not you, obviously, but like people are somewhat sleeping on the Eagles' defense. Like it may not be as prolific or as mighty as the Cowboys' defense, but it's not bad. It's you know one of the better ones in the NFL. I'd say I'd put Dallas, San Francisco up there, whatever order you want to put them as like mm-hmm. the best, the most explosive, the ones who can change and win games. But Philly's is is good enough for this team to like sustain itself. I think this win counts. I, mean, I know this win counts, but like, um, like both of you it, to say it, it was, it was mildly concerning, and, yes. and only only in the sense of like you're not going to play that way all season long. You're not, and if you can if you can win when things are mildly concerning, that's the mark of an elite team. I don't know what the season has in store for the Eagles, but I think the arrow is still overall pointing up. Also, like if the Eagles beat the Cowboys this week, no one cares. Like who cares? Like who could possibly care about whatever even happened? Ah, uh, no, not, now you're doing that game. thing. Like you know, like you're, you guys are burying it ahead of time. Who cares? Even, even if we lose, like it'll be our come down to earth moment. Then we'll come back and we'll get them in December. Like no, that's- no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I didn't say that. I'm saying I thought, I thought if the Eagles, I'm sorry, I'm ready. This is it's a hectic week. Like we got a lot of. I'm saying if the Eagles beat the Cowboys, the Cardinals game, who cares? Like that doesn't. Oh, right, like, right, right. No one's okay. gonna be like, oh, but what about how we looked in the Cardinals? Who cares? Like that doesn't matter. Like the, that the Cardinals game does not matter if you go out and beat the Cowboys this week. I do think there's a lot. Like, look, I understand the like history behind Dallas week. I think it's dumb, um, but I understand there's like a historical element to that. I can I can come with you to that point. The, this is like kind of lame. Like th- this is a little bit of loser is energy. And I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not saying you're being lame, but like the was the we want Dallas banner real? Is that a real photo? Like is that a real thing that was in Arizona? Because I didn't so, see it. There's a photo of, like floating around of like Eagles fans at Glendale. Um, I'll send it to you right now when I'm done speaking. But there's a photo of Eagles fans holding this like sheet that says we want Dallas or like, I don't know exactly what the oh, rest of it Okay. Says. So like a couple people made a sign. Dude, but that's lame. Like, and um, there was some other show. I don't know. I saw a comment, saw a screen grab. That's like, Oh, I think we were not showing anything against the Cardinals to, to hold the offensive game plan for Dallas. Like, dude, no, that's dumb. Like that's that dumb. is so stupid. Like there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of rent. I'm not saying this is happening with you or anybody in your circle, but there's a lot of like free rent that, that is, is going around. When All right. The Cowboys and Eagles this is such a time. tired angle by you. It's the truth. And I do okay, think what is, like football supposed to be fun. You're supposed look, to get fired up about playing like your top team. Like I don't I don't want to like what should Eagles fans do? Like, I don't want to spoil the like Thursday the Cowboys. Show. I don't want to spoil the Thursday show. But I will say this. The main reason that I have always like for my adult life been afraid of Cowboys Eagles games is because generally 
the Cowboys are kind of this like front runner of a team, like this team that like you're, you're scared to believe it's really real. And the Eagles are the team that will like find a way and grind and punch you in the face. I do kind of feel like there's like a freaky Friday happening here. And I'm not saying the Eagles are front runners, but like, I think the Cowboys have that disposition a little bit more. Like, I, I think the Cowboys are the team playing with less to lose, especially if Cooper Rush is starting at quarterback. I mean, that that's like an obvious thing. The Cowboys have all sorts of house money. The Eagles are expected to win. And that's that changes the the calculus just a little bit, I think, at least in the Nick Sirianni and Jerry, Jalen Hurts era. I do agree from a standpoint of, yes, like the Cowboys can kind of play looser, if you will. Like they have less to lose because if, yeah, because if they lose the game, okay, they didn't have, let's say, we don't know. Yeah, obviously, if Dak will play or not. But, you know, okay, we didn't even have our starting quarterback or we were underdogs what, and it was on the road. And like, there's like, it's not like the end of the world. Whereas if the Eagles do, it's like, oh no, we're not undefeated anymore. Maybe. Well, and we, if uh, the Eagles lose to Cooper Rush, then it's like, it it, it it takes the this whole thing takes off into the, the next like level of the stratosphere if that is especially the way because happens. the eagles have the bye next week too so mm. then it's not only sitting with the cowboys loss uh for one week and turning the page but then having to sit with that until they play the steelers uh when they come back from the bye wow um are we ready to move on to the cowboys sure um i think this was the most impressive win that they have had in the mike mccarthy era now to be clear i think the rams are pretty fraudulent you and i have been on this take for a long time sean McVay, was, kind of a coward. My lock of the week the cowboys winning outright was my by the way the this past week um was the first time you took the eagles outright on our friday sb nation nfl show everybody go listen over there every single friday and they so didn't cover <laughs> this week by the way you get live or not live but you get shows between brandon and i on wednesday thursday and friday so you know just and we little, will talk about Eagles Cowboys on right, right, right. not the um, show, obviously, but it will come. Right, 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 right. Um, but th- this was the first week you took the Eagles outright and they didn't cover. I thought that was really funny. But you did lock up the Cowboys. You were the only one of us to hit your lock. Uh, damn you, Seahawks. But anyway, um, th- this was I, I do think like the part of what makes it impressive is the like they're the reigning world champs, they're building, etc. Sean McVay. Like, I do not think very highly of him, at least the way that like the national media does, but we both acknowledge he's a very good coach, and obviously they're a very good team. Above average coach. Uh, <laughs> and so to do this was really impressive because like you're getting so much house money now that now it's like you're no longer just surprising teams like it is in the overall a surprise but like there is a little bit of like watch out this this Cowboys team is is not something that you can just overlook and I mean they they followed the formula like to a T you had to get like a defensive score right away or a special team score they got a defensive score and, and a special teams blocked punt and I mean the idea this and I hate like this conversation because it sounds like I'm bagging on Cooper Rush but like what did he do? I mean, he handed the ball off to Tony Pollard, who scored on a 57-yard touchdown. You know what I mean? Like that's and but you have to get those plays. Tony Pollard had a big touchdown that Jason Peters helped blow open against the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. He had a big 46-yard gain that took the ball down to the one-yard line when they played the Cincinnati Bengals. Like Tony Pollard has effectively like given them the most important points that they've gotten offensively over this winning streak, so to speak. Um, you're not guaranteed to get that every single game, but they're getting it. They're, they they are repeatedly catching lightning in a bottle, which is hard to do, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for it. Yeah, especially how they're winning. I mean, with Cooper Rush, like they're averaging 20.8 points per game in his starts offensive, so I'm not counting you know, the defensive scores in there. For context, the Jags ranked 16th in offensive points per game this year with the same exact number, 20.8. So, you know, like middle of the road offense with him starting, which is pretty good, you know, for all things considered with a backup and there's some injuries to the offensive line and everything. Um, So certainly not trying to take credit away, but it's just not like this great thing, amazing thing. It's clearly the defense that is driving it, everything. And we've talked before 
uh, about you know how much you know is defense sustainable and i think it is you know because the cowboys have a great pass rush and they're averaging four sacks per game which is second in the league uh and you know micah parsons specifically is obviously a big problem and it concerns it's it's not just him though like that's that's where i'm impressed yes it it is is the whole group and i think there's a lot of credit to go around and give it to dan quinn to marcus lawrence dorrance armstrong stephen jones hyped him up in the offseason we all laughed at him i mean you know stephen's gotten the last laugh on that one i mean the, the scoreboard still favors the other side but still i mean it is not just micah parsons although man you know he I've I've never seen a defensive player like him for the Cowboys like like as far as the impact he can have they've obviously had great defensive players but nobody like this like I I mean I've I've I don't even know that I've seen an offensive player like this and I mean that they've had a lot of great offensive players but like he legitimately almost on his own takes them to an elite level and then they they play like he is truly like this catalytic element truly like a prop wait did you just stop there I said a catalytic element to that. And you stop. I thought you were continuing. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a problem. Like that's, that's, he's, as we've talked about before, he's one of those players that like, like, oh crap. Like we have to deal with <laughs> that guy. Like DeMarcus Ware, you know, used to be uh, that guy, uh, Broncos legend. Um, you know, he's one of those players that can be a game wrecker. Uh, and again, especially going, and I'm, I guess I'm not trying to get too much into the preview, but with the Eagles having offensive line issues, like that's certainly concerning. But yeah, I, I definitely think, um you know like there is sustainability to the cowboys winning in part because also like their schedule like there's just they keep matching up with these teams with like big offensive line issues again i'm not saying like the cowboys pass rush would be bad against better offensive lines but they've played like some of the worst offensive lines like the Bengals and the rams and the giants it's like they've been in prime position to take advantage of these weaknesses and to their credit they have one thing that i would say is a point of concern if Cooper Rush continues to start one turnover like that's that's not gonna last there's no like you know there's gonna be some negative regression there um I know he's done well for a backup but that feels like that's there's gonna be a game where he's gonna have he's gonna have a bad game like there's I gonna mean, be so they fell down in this game they went up nine nothing um after the defensive touchdown and then they they couldn't get a, a touchdown out of the uh the blocked punt uh and they missed the extra point on the first there was a mis- miscommunication situation but so they were up nine nine nothing the Rams kick a field goal early on, then have the Cooper Cup 75-yard touchdown. Okay, so it's 10-9. All right, Cooper, how are you going to play from behind? Let's see it. What are we going to do? Boom, Tony Pollard 57-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't really even get to see it. I'm not upset about that. But, uh, by the way, uh, shameless plug, Tony Pollard joined the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network and YouTube channel on Monday this week. And, actually, I played the the clip for him. He broke down that 57-yard touchdown. So, if anybody wants to watch that, they can do it on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Um, I do want to touch on the schedule thing you mentioned because – whether it's sustainable or not, you know, I love to look at, at schedules by opposing quarterbacks. And I think we both agree. We, we talk about this a lot on the NFL show. Like the NFL is kind of down. I don't know that I would say like the NFL's trash, but like it's really, really, really top heavy. Um, so Dallas has already gotten out their first place schedule games, right? They, they played the, the Bucks, the Bengals and the Rams. Those are all virtue of being a first place team last year. They're the only NFC East team who has yet to play an AFC South team. So they still have all four of those coming, which you have to like their odds there. Um, and then the rest of their games are, are common within the division. Um, you know, they still get to play the Lions. And the, I would say that the Lions team, who the Cowboys are going to get next week when Detroit's coming off of their bye, is probably on paper the least we've liked a Lions team in an NFC East matchup this season, right? Like we kind of thought the Lions had some spunk to them when they played the Eagles. Um, you know, obviously when they played Washington, we really thought they were going to win that game. But right now, I think we're all down on them. And, and mm-hmm. you know, especially after getting skunked. So who knows? But then the Bears, I mean, like, they're four and one. And even if they lose on Sunday, I think we both think they're beating the Lions, especially if Dak is back. And then 
they're both beating, they're beating the Bears, obviously. So they're six and two at, at worst at the bye. And then at Green Bay, at Minnesota, I think they split those because, you know, I love the Vikings. But then I, I talk about this so often from Thanksgiving on the Giants, the Colts, the Texans, the Jaguars. Colts are going to beat the Cowboys. It's going to be your, your, like, I really, just, like, like very like, flukily. Yeah. It's, well, remember I talked all about the Broncos last year. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, like, you're just, you're, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I've, I've kicked that hornet's nest uh, a few times. But anyway, I mean, like, they won't win out, but still, I mean, you, like, from Thanksgiving on, they get the Giants, the entire AFC South, the Eagles, and the Commanders. Like, it's mm-hmm. th- three NFC East games, two of which are at home in the AFC South. And their, their, their road game against the Commanders is week 18. I think that's an underrated part about this Sunday's game, and we'll talk about it on the live show. But after this Sunday, they are done with two thirds of their NFC East road trips, and it's mid October. Like, that's a big deal um certainly so um i look i i the one thing that i'm not a fan of is this like the front office had it all right no like they have gotten so lucky um and good for them and that's where i think mccarthy and kellen moore and dan quinn and john fossil and the entire coaching and scouting staff deserve a lot of credit they have made some delicious lemonade with what they were handed um as the offseason unfolded um if you go by strength of schedule cowboys actually have the fourth toughest remaining schedule in the league just by you know well the, the two eagles games yeah and obviously you know the eagles that's pussy but they still have to play you know the vikings um if you look i'm, I'm going on tankathon right now and looking at their metric and they have a column of like toughest opponents and easiest opponents so they have the eagles twice vikings in there the giants you know because they have a good record in there packers are in there titans and then the colts are in there for some reason but shouldn't be in there um but although again they probably will beat the cowboys just because <laughs> you've tempted fate so much um, um fine uh, i mean i'm cool with that if that if, you know this is i'm not cool with that but whatever no you're not cool with it but like this is the whole east though this is why the east for as much as we talked about oh the east, nfc east, beast nfc east is back it's the nfc beast we said this going into the season like they had one of the they had some of the easiest schedules in the league like this was going to happen to some effect just because and also just like something you can i'm sure you can appreciate or, or agree with me just based on doing your own power rankings so many bad teams there's so many teams who just aren't good or like they're just they're, they're just teams they're like yeah they're just a team they're fine um they're not maybe terrible but they're not good they're so no, and few like, good teams i mean we talked about it was it two weeks ago or we like eliminated like we we like whittled down the nfc to like six yeah. teams that can win it um and it's, like, and they're they're kind of the same teams as last year right like like that that's what's also weird. like who is the like came from nowhere team this year you know what I mean? There's always the like the Seahawks know, kind of, but I, I guess that I mean that's fair. Maybe maybe you would qualify the Saints, but like other than that, it's pretty chalk, right? Like the Niners are still good, even though they've had the quarterback situation. The Cowboys and Eagles, um, the the Packers are like I don't think we're ready to bury the Packers yet. Can't bury them. Um, and the Vikings, there was belief. I mean, you know, those of us who knew are are small, um, in 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 quantity, but we did know. Uh, and the Bucks, like you can't bury the Bucks either. I know, I mean, they won, but like they, they do look kind of bad. But whatever. Um, the Giants might be the come from nowhere team. Well, actually, before we get to uh, the Giants, let's take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Welcome back once again. We're just kind of recapping and setting the stage of the division on today's episode. We will have our live show on Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central Time. 
it might only air on the blog on the boys YouTube channel for technical reasons. Um, that isn't because we don't love bleeding green nation, but that's just kind of like, trying to hoard all the, no, views. we, we look, oh, let's, let's just, let's just be straight up. We have the bigger YouTube channel. Like we want as many people mm -hmm. to join as possible. So, you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. All right. If you want to do it on the bleeding green nation, YouTube channel, people go subscribe to the bleeding green nation, YouTube channel, you help go. boost that channel up. Uh, but just uh, follow our Twitters and uh, we'll keep you updated. But anyway, the giants, this was like, I do look, again, like the Cowboys beating the Rams is cool, but it did kind of feel like, like, I'm really happy about it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like the Rams, you know what I mean? And similarly, yeah. it's the not like Super Bowl. Champs. Right. But, it, and it's like in the same way, it's not like the giants beat the Packers. You know what I mean? Like, and it was cool. It was in London. I do think this was maybe the best giants win since Super Bowl 46. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's like ridiculous to say, um, e even considering it's not the Packers 27 to 22, I, I'm fascinated to see how this organization handles Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley because they both look like players you can believe in right now mm. to, to like various degrees. But still, like they both look like players that should be on NFL rosters. Well, I think it all goes back to Deeble. And when Deeble was hired, you and I are both like, man, don't love sucks, that yeah. for us because I think that's a good hire by the Giants. And I think it goes back to what we've said many times before, the Giants um, ownership looking in the mirror, at John Mara being like, I'm embarrassed. I was embarrassed. Like I, I messed up. We did wrong and it really hurt. And so we had to make changes and they're in a much better spot. Now the giants are not actually good. Good. They're not like, they're not great. Um, if you look at DV away, they're 19th. If you look at point differential, there are, they are 11th, which is good, but they're not like, you know, like a juggernaut. They're not one of the very, very best teams in the NFL at four and one. Um, so uh like but uh, at the same time i'm not trying to say they're they're not like total fluky like they've earned this four and one record have they had good luck in there too absolutely um they are a respectable team is what i would say which is a huge upgrade from what they've been in a long time so um that's good as rj goes off screen and probably going to handle something with his son or bear who knows but um the giants you have to take more seriously we get a lot of comments from giants fans who like to be like oh you guys don't even talk about this team or give this team enough credit I'm trying to give you credit i think i'm just saying like you are what you are you're not a juggernaut but you are a respectable team you're a team that that the eagles has to play twice still and i think those are going to be tough competitive games that the cowboys still have to play again in new york or north jersey that time around and that could be a game that the giants have a chance at winning and then I wouldn't be surprised if they swept Washington might split. Um, but they're definitely, you know, they're, they're not a factor for winning the East. I don't really believe that. And if you want to throw that in my face and that happens, congrats giants fans. Maybe RJ was right when he actually predicted they'd win the East, but they are a legitimate wildcard threat, especially in a weak NFC. I will say, um, there's a there's a lot happening at this house, obviously, which is why Bear is barking now. Um, and while Bear was barking, so I'm a big Houston Astros fan, as evidenced by my 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 shirt right now. Um, the Astros game cut to an episode of Friends as I was dealing with Bear what? and also trying to listen to what you were saying. So like I have no I, like it was just a chaotic like 90 mm. seconds of my life. Um, I believed in the Giants, not to this degree, obviously, and I obviously didn't think they would win like this. Like this is not real. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of fluky um and i think they'll be humbled a little bit this week against the ravens but it's like this is kind of like a you know for the rest of the this is a really big like test for the contenders in the nfc east i guess we have to consider the giants as one of them it's because it's like cowboys beat the eagles you know whoa okay like now you know what's going especially if dak is like you could the story is going to be like 
wild no matter what. But the Cowboys beat the Eagles, like that opens a lot of doors, especially if the Giants also beat the Ravens. Because then it's like, well, the Giants are also five and one, and the Giants beat the Ravens. They like that would be the like that's a real like beat the Ravens. It's not like a hollow beat the Packers, beat the Rams, like we're talking about here. Um, I don't know what this team looks like in the future, but I do think that back to my point, I think that Saquon has to be a part of this team. I don't know mm. that you can give him like a big time contract, but you need well, him on this to. team. Like he's a very, very good player. Yeah. And again, I, I don't love the idea of paying running backs, but if there is an exception might be Saquon. I still don't feel like amazing about it in terms of there's just a lot of downside there, but he is, you know, obviously so good that it, it might actually be worth it. And he's also vital to their success. Um, back when the Cowboys paid Zeke, I thought it was both like a good thing. For, I mean, it, it made sense for the Cowboys in that like he is such a big part of their offense. They had to do it from that perspective. At the same time, it was obviously a bad move in terms of like, this is not the best allocation of resources and your team is going to suffer in other areas because you're not you're not optimizing things. Um, I do think that, the, I think you're right though. Like he, I think he has to be part of their future because it's going to be hard for them to let him walk. Daniel Jones, still not like totally there yet. Need to see more. I've always been kind of like open to the idea. I'm not closing the door on him. Still want to see more there. I will say he's doing what we like, why we like, we have not casted him aside because we've said like, there's an athlete there. You know what I mean? Like he he may not be like a quarterback, but he's, he he can throw the, he's like, like in terms of talent, he's good at throwing the football. He's a talented football. Well, but he's an incredibly talented runner. Like, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't get the same like pop that Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson obviously gets, but like he can run with the ball. And I do think like he it, they didn't beat the Giants by some fluke like they were the better team and he put together an incredible drive late in that game to like not ice it but like to to make it theirs I mean he deserves a lot of props I'm kind of happy for him like he has that dude has lived in the meme you know what I mean like he he was born into this like meme and he is this is this has got to be like the most fun he's ever had playing in the NFL uh last thing I'll say on Daniel Jones is that um you know you know I like to talk about Carson Wentz fumbling and how that's never gone away so far, and maybe it's there's regression coming for him um, in a bad way. He's only fumbled the ball once this year. Like that's maybe he has gotten better when it comes to his ball security, coaching, maybe, offensive line. Yeah, maybe the coaching has made a difference for him because it's one time, and it was in week one too. Um, and he also hasn't thrown a pick in the last two weeks. So like he's not turning over the ball like he did many times in Giants losses in previous years. So. Is that real? I don't know. That's why that's why I'm saying I need to see more of that to fully buy into it. But maybe he has turned a corner in that regard. Um, let's finish up with Carson Wentz, obviously. Um <laughs> 21 to 17. He had a backbreaking interception and an almost another one. Didn't you um, know that was gonna happen? Did you watch that game? Like yes, but like, I like you knew again, it was so, gonna happen in that spot. I want to be very clear here. I have never been team Wentz. All right, because I get painted into this corner. Huge I am Wentz team guy. I am team the Colts are frauds, which was really highlighted on Thursday night. I was taking lots of victory laps myself. Um, and now I'm team like Ron Rivera stinks. I mean, it, you know, like the game is what it was. Uh, 21 to 17, the final score. Washington falls to one and four. Everybody's seen the memes, the like little dragon. I'm sure you've seen that has like the three intimidating faces and then the one like sticking its tongue out. Um, that is very clearly uh, the, uh, the, the Washington commanders in this situation. Do you know what that dragon is called? Um, no, I don't. It's King Ghidorah. Come on. It's like Godzilla's I would have never, would have never known that. Um, not a Godzilla guy. So this week you, it sounds like you have DVOA numbers in front of you. My life is chaotic, so I don't right this moment. Uh, but on Monday, Ron Rivera was asked why the other three teams in the NFC East 
are better than the Washington Commanders or not. Because, again, there's all the, like, NFC beast, you know, fun, whatever. And Rivera said quarterback. And he did elaborate, and everybody has seen this by now. Um, he talked about how every other team in the division has had time with their quarterbacks to get them in their system, to get them in their scheme. Never mind the fact that Dallas is 4-0 with Cooper Rush this season. Never mind the fact that while, you know, a lot of his teammates are the same, Daniel Jones is in the first year of this new system with Brian Dable. Um, Ron Rivera went on the radio on Tuesday morning um, to address these comments. That's kind of like if you work for the commanders, like you always have to have like a follow-up like appearance on some sort of like radio or television station to explain yourself. Um, he went on the Don Geronimo show um, and noted that he addressed the team and spoke to Carson on Tuesday morning about his comments. He clarified um, that what he meant was the familiarity that each quarterback has with their team. He said, I didn't have to. I was fortunate enough that our media relations director contacted him and let him know. Yeah, that dude earns his paycheck. Um, and I actually talked to Carson this morning. In fact, I talked to the whole team. I had a mea culpa moment <laughs> and that I should know better. I created a little bit of a distraction. And that's one thing that I try not to do. And it's one thing that I'm very aware of. Again, it's one of those things that when you misstep, people can't wait to dive onto it and jump onto it and hold on to it without an opportunity to explain yourself. So, hey, that's on me. I should know better. This is super lame, but I'll let you go first. I mean, the, the whole operation is bad. There's, it's not like, wow, get a good coach in there and that fixes everything. No, it's not. Like the, the whole operation is bad. People want to say, you know, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, get that all out of here. Get the baby out of here. Get the bathwater out of here. It's all bad. There's nothing redeeming. There's nothing good. Washington ranks 30th in DVOA, as I said, with Carson Wentz, who is certainly. What is their defensive DVOA rank, please? Uh, their defensive DVOA ranking, I believe, is like 19th. Yeah, their offense oh. is 30th. Um, so I mean, Carson sucks, but like, let's not act like you know he's got the 85 Bears working for him either. Mm. Yeah, sure, but like, I, but you knew, but thing, good things aren't going to happen with Carson Wentz anymore. That's just not. It's not. There's bad vibes there. I knew. I knew the Commanders were not going to score at the end of the game. I was like, they're gonna blow it. Carson's gonna do something dumb here. Sure enough, he did. Like, it's gonna. It's going to happen. They're not a good team uh they don't have they're they're dead last in the nfc standings like they're they're 16th out of 16 teams if you go look at the actual like tiebreakers and everything right standings, right they're looking up at like i mean to their the, the hope is that the nfc is so bad that's not like okay like, they still have a chance by virtue of that but because of all the other good teams in the nfc east still they have the toughest remaining schedule in the league they still have to play the eagles in philly they have to play the cowboys uh that game is in, in washington yeah. okay it's oh, okay it's so a home but still a tough cowboys team they have to play the vikings they have to play the giants twice they're not going to win both of those games maybe they split they have to play the packers and they still have to play the 49ers like they're just what is what is left for them like the hope for them if you're a commander fan i feel like would be that Wentz continues to stink you bench him so you don't give up the second round pick you give up the third round pick instead and you just, I guess, try to blow it up again this year. And you hope that, because even that is not enough, you hope that Snyder has to be forced to sell or whatever. There's nothing redeeming. Like, Jahan Dotson looks good, and Terry McLaurin's obviously fun. The Brian Robinson story was awesome, good for him. We're obviously very excited to see him healthy and playing. Um, even Antonio Gibson has had some pop. We'll see what happens with Chase Young, you know, moving forward. But, like, that's a, that's a big not, deal. 
but none of it is enough to get you to be like okay yeah. like it, it can it can turn around like it can't and it's it's not all carson like i do think it's fascinating by the way how carson is this like person who like will seemingly get like the people in leadership around him to like trash him like that it's like a, a fascinating common denominator can't, that, that, can't just be a coincidence when no this i many I, people i agree like and to, I, to be clear i'm not exonerating Wentz by any stretch but like the what is the one thing that people say about ron Rivera? and we were slacking about this like he's a leader of men this is not a leader of men thing like to, to come out and to blame anybody is is really big loser energy from ron rivera i mean dude sure. like what like what is what has ron rivera done like what what is the signature moment of his time in washington we just talked about at the beginning you can look at I, I know you don't want to give mike mccarthy a lot of credit but i don't know how anybody can look at this and not be like okay he's he's like you know he's a part of something great you know or something really good something impressive right like you have to you have to give mike mccarthy something what what is there to give ron rivera like oh congrats you you like alex smith on one you know like in his like crazy you know return uh, on you know on his one year with washington managed to help you win the division at seven to nine like no that's nothing that's nothing substantial like this is a joke where is washington right now if they hire mike mccarthy instead of ron rivera uh same place same exact place probably or similar but, but i don't like i mean Not i don't sorry Rivera, I don't, but I'm I, saying that I, like, it all that's stinks. So stupid. Like that that isn't real. That isn't like anything. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I'm saying either. like that's not like no, there's but no, like, no one is going there like, and fixing everything. Mike McCarthy has had every every reason to like trash somebody over the last year. Is that fair to say? His his owner, his president, his general manager has dogged him publicly. Everybody around him has assumed he has had nothing to do with any sort of success. His his front office completely stripped away his team, right? And in, in terms of all the good players, we all sat here and said, this is all, this is super dumb. Why are they doing this? Blah, blah, blah. His quarterback went down. Like McCarthy could have pointed fingers and he never did at least publicly. I have no idea what Mike McCarthy is doing in the privacy of his own life. But Ron Rivera to come out and point a finger at anybody? Like when are you... Like when are we gonna like you know hold this dude accountable for something? Like it, it's I mean, it's just like sure. It, but I'm saying it's like, not enough. And I, even if you do, I agree that it's impossible to thrive in that organization. I agree, but like that can't give Ron Rivera some sort of pass. Like like, like that doesn't no. mean he's he's like not a bad coach. He he's one. He's arguably now that Matt Rule's been fired. I'd, I'd say the worst head coach in the NFL is Nathaniel Hackett. I'd say the second worst head coach in the NFL is Frank Reich. But right behind them or in front of them or whatever is Ron Rivera. What is the ethos of this podcast? More than one thing can be true. Yeah, I, I'm not saying no one is like no one is defending Ron Rivera. I'm just saying that like, okay, get rid of him. Yes, do it. But also, you didn't fix anything. Nothing is fixed now that just because he is gone. You're not going to hire, you're not first of all, you're not going to be able to hire probably a good candidate. Um, and if you do somehow, it's it's gonna go to sideways anyway. It's not gonna go in a good direction. And if if it does succeed somehow, it won't last other than maybe like one brief run. And even if it like there's, there's always going to be a ceiling on that team and you're, you're rooting against like all odds. You're fighting an uphill battle is what I'm trying to say. So I really, um, that like, much is if you're a commanders fan and we've talked about this before and like, and you like are done, like I, that's the, this is the one ad I'll ever give like a fan to bail. You know what I mean? Like this, it's just, there's nothing yeah, like you, there's, there's, you, you know, but like you're just going in circles and circles and circles and circles. Like there's no end to this ride, none in sight whatsoever. Even like the, 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 best case scenario finger air quotes there is like okay when stops turning the ball over as much they get a bit healthier up front um brian robinson gets healthier and he turns out to be like you know awesome he ends up being i don't know like jonathan taylor or whatever um and taishan comes back he's like a tj watt impact this is all like best case scenario even if all that is happening and the commanders like turn it around to some extent they're maxing out as a wild card team because like the cowboys and, and eagles are clearly well, and at the, 
and they're not going anywhere like to that point like you know what i'm saying like this isn't like a like you're the lions and it's like we just got to survive till aaron Rodgers retires or you know or you're like the saints right now whatever like no like this is like your future is is stuck for a while like you you just got to accept it you got to camp out here i mean that being said let's pick their games because we're not going to talk commanders or giants on the live show okay um commanders bears um thursday night this is going to be like, Man. I don't know who I saw say this, but like Thursday night football turns into like, let's just trash these quarterbacks. Like, that's <laughs> like, like a national on a national level. Wentz and Fields are in for a tough time on Thursday night. Um, I think I'll take the commanders, but I don't I'll take the commanders. I can't bet on Justin Fields. You know that. I just don't do it. I just don't feel good about doing that. Um, for as bad as Carson Wentz has been and had his issues, Justin Fields is just not it extremely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fair. Okay. Uh, Giants, Ravens. Ravens, right? Like, but they, I mean, yeah. Although and that's I not like a disrespectful thing. Like, honestly, it's just they're the Ravens. I'm a big fan of the Ravens. Um, I wonder what the line is for that game. Looking it up right now, but um, because okay, it's the, the Giants are plus five. They're at home. I don't know. The points might be a little tempting. We'll see. I'll make my pick in the look ahead this week. I won't make it now in that wow. regard. But uh, I will take the Giants. I think the Wink Martindale connection is kind of interesting there. Maybe, you know, if there's someone who can put a nice little game plan there against Lamar and the Ravens offense, maybe it's him having the experience of that. Um, but I think ultimately Lamar will prove to be too much. And it could be a game, too, that looks like, oh, yeah, like this is this is why the Giants are are good and they're improving. Like they're, they're decent, they're respectable, but they're not hanging with the big boys just yet. Mm. Um, OK, live show at the very least on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel on Thank You Bear um so i can get this chaotic hour of my life over with uh thursday night it'll be much more quiet then much more chill much more legitimate we'll take your comments your questions whatever you want um we'll have a good time right brandon right yep uh what is his actual name grogu no baby yoda is better um okay anything else you want to say before we take off blink 182 is back tom DeLong ah, returned to the band excited to see them on tour uh next summer Okay, when the Cowboys are winning Super Bowl champions. Interesting. Um, all right, Brandon, give us three random animals, and then we'll go. Three random animals. That has to be uh, a platypus. Has to be that's a... super like unoriginal. That's like let me come up with a random animal. A platypus. It's okay. That's one. Sea urchin. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I'm gonna go a gazelle. Well done.